0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com.
1: Welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. It's good to, <laughs> it's good to have your ears tuned in. in the background, you hear our news department. i offering a little background track here. Yeah. <laughs> he may interrupt with traffic and weather, but this is Craig McConnell, and the noisemaker is the uh, ally, friend, author, John Eldridge. Knucklehead. And, yeah, let's stop it. Knucklehead. It's good to be with you. We're just continuing the conversation. We've uh, been enjoying these last couple of weeks, summer's winding down, and um, John, you've written a new book, Beautiful Outlaw, and it's about Jesus, the life of Jesus, and experiencing his life. It's coming out uh, this October, and you've got to give us a little bit of the backstory. Where did this book come from? Uh, How did you stumble upon this? What made you want to write about Christ?
0: Yeah, that is such a hard question to answer, and because i 've been asked it several times recently as we 're getting ready to um, announce and and make folks aware that the beautiful outlaw is coming and so Stacy answered it for me the other night when I was kind of speechless when somebody said, "So hey, you know tell us about the backstory on this uh-huh. and, you know why you why'd you choose to write this and and Stacy said, in some ways, um, this book has been thirty years in the making mm-hmm. It really has." Um, But let me tell a story that I think will introduce some of this. Um, It seems like annually, at least once a year, God will um, sort of (laughs) force me, strongly encourage me, insist, guide, however you want to describe that, um, compel me to accept a speaking invitation that I wouldn't normally – that wouldn't normally take and – And those speaking invitations will put me into the midst of Christian culture, Mm. um, which I don't live in the midst of. uh, But not just Christian culture. The speaking engagements I'm referring to, and he does this every single year, he'll send me to some conference, some event, some church, some happening um, to experience there what – that particular franchise uh-huh. of Christianity is doing and their language and their, you know, um, posture and assumptions and values, and but particularly their view of Jesus, mm-hmm. what they think Jesus is about. And honestly, he does this to provoke me. Uh-huh. I'm convinced of it now. He, it, it's almost like at least once a year, God sends me out to experience some franchise of Christianity and what their view of Jesus is like, what their experience or lack of experience of Jesus is like. And it is provoking. Um, I mean I'm going to risk naming one. Several years ago, I I was invited to speak at the Crystal Cathedral – uh, Robert Shuler's church in Los Angeles, and I think that God has used that church. I think God's used Robert Shuler and many people have come to Christ through his television show. But nonetheless, there is a culture there. There is a way of doing Christianity. There is a view of God, mm-hmm. and particularly, there is a view of Jesus of what he's like, what his personality is like. It was infuriating. Mm. Um, because that's not what Jesus is like. Um, for one thing, Jesus is not religious. Uh, Jesus doesn't wear robes, uh, and Jesus doesn't speak in religious language or tones. And so, I was compelled to write this book. I just got to the place where I had to say, "I can't take it anymore." Part of it was the provocation. Part of it, Craig, was the yearning. Um, you know what? In some ways, I may have written this book for my sons. Mm-hmm. And their friends because I want people, just beginning with the people I love, uh, with the neighbors that Stacy and I are trying to reach out to and, and win, I want people to know what Jesus is like, his personality, what he's really like. And friends, I got to tell you that a lot of what goes on out there in Christian culture in terms of the presentation of what like the personality of Jesus is like or is nothing near what Jesus is like, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So a compelling, a provoking on one hand and just an incredibly earnest desire that people experience Jesus as he really is. Mm -hmm.
1: John, what's been the pushback on this? What, I mean— it it would be so much easier on one hand to write a book on the end times and how to cope with changing times. Yeah, uh, econo- there's so many economic other, crisis. Yeah. There's so many other topics and issues and you're writing one on Jesus and I understand you being provoked to do that. Uh, I guess what I'm asking is what's the topic? Was the idea something that uh, has been embraced by publishers? Has uh, What have you gone through to – to go from this book kind of stewing in you for 30 years mm-hmm. to actually writing it? Yeah,
0: that. yeah. That's, wow, that's a great question because um, I forgot the story. The story is, um, it's been really hard to get this book done and get to it. And the backstory goes like this, that um, I went to a new publisher. You know, you kind of move through different publishers in the publishing world like people move through different doctors or different attorneys or, mm-hmm. or different tax planners or whatever. You know, they're um, and and so I went to a, a new publisher several years ago, and, and the book that I wanted to do was the book on Jesus, and and their response was no, no, <laughs> no, books on Jesus. This is a Christian publisher. Books on Jesus don't really sell. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I'm like, what are you talking about? And and uh, but here's the problem: I compromised. I folded. Um, it was a new publishing relationship and we we're trying to get off to a good start and so they said, you know, we'll do the book on Jesus but could you at least give us something stronger to start with? You know, something that's going to appeal a little bit more to a broader readership and Stacey and I had been talking about a book on marriage and so I'm like, well, yeah, sure. We could. We could. We could, you know, we could make a concession and yeah. uh, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. I caved. I folded under pressure. I admit it. I see it now. Um, we wrote Love and War and and War* is an awesome book, yeah, and, and I think yeah. God's using it. But nonetheless, um, I think I was supposed to write this book first. Mm. So finally, getting back around to this, <laughs> the story goes on that that okay, so you know we do Relevant War*, and then I start writing the book on Jesus, and the publisher says, "No, we don't, we don't really want to do the book on Jesus." I was furious, so I left. I left that publisher and said, "No, I've I've got to go find somebody who's excited about this book because this is what I have to do. It's now it's now a matter of obedience. Yes, you know, like." This is repentance now. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm late uh-huh. in getting this book. Um, uh-huh. And I really think I am late in the sense of I really think that God wants this message on, on Jesus out there. And let me describe that for a moment. Here's what I mean. Um, we're about to give you some samples in the coming weeks of me reading some sections from Beautiful Outlaw so you can get a real taste and a flavor for the book. But let me at least set it up like this. Um, email – and texting have gotten me in so much trouble in the last year. And the reason is this, is that I'll shoot off a text or I'll fling off an email. Um, and and because it doesn't contain my tone of voice, you can't see the expression on my face, the little smirk. Sp- yes, the little twinkle in my eye. Dear friends of mine have been wounded, hurt, angered, offended, rejected. Because they've misinterpreted my words. Okay. That's the problem we bring to the Gospels. Most of us read the Gospels without the personality of Jesus. We don't hear his tone of voice. We Mm -hmm. don't see the twinkle in his eye. We don't see the slightly raised eyebrow, Mm -hmm. the expression on his face. And reading the Gospels without the personality of Jesus is like watching television with the sound turned off. Mm -hmm. I mean you get – you get this strange figure saying these really kind of hard or bizarre or confusing things and his mood changes seem pretty radical and, and most of the time he seems pretty like um, vague and ethereal, kind of floating through life. And, and so that's what I was – oh, that's what I was compelled by is that the personality of Jesus is the most beautiful Funny, playful, fierce, humble, cunning, captivating person, this man, this man, if you could know him as he really is, if we can get his personality back, um, not only will it make the Gospels suddenly make sense to you, but you can't help but fall in love with him. You know, the the goal of life is to love God. And when you know Jesus as he is, you, you can't help but fall in love with him. Um, so that's – that was the real compelling. That's what's really behind Beautiful Allah. I want people to know him, know his true personality. I want to strip away the religious mm. ridiculousness that's been laid over Jesus Um and friends there's a ton of it i mean the religious crud that gets draped around jesus you know it takes so many different fashions you know on the one hand you've got kind of the severe harsh doctrinal jesus you know and you know jesus the master theologian and 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 you you lose his humanity and he becomes a a father to fear, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. almost like an alcoholic father, mm-hmm. you know, that that you just tremble before. You know, he's harsh and, you know, but he's a very doctrinal Jesus, you know. Or you get the, you get the Jesus that's so postmodern and accepting and and hip and kind and and laid back that you get a Jesus that looks like he works in a health food store, <laughs> you know, or or, or, or you get. You get another – and these are religious – these are caricatures that the religious spirit has foisted upon the church. You know, you get the super spiritual Jesus and one version of that is, you know, earnestly, tenderly Jesus is – you know, kind of get the, uh-huh. the, you know, the, the grandmother with her white gloves on carrying her Bible to church and sitting very proper in the pew. You get the very spiritual, you know, Jesus or or a more recent view of that is you get the hyper-spiritual Jesus, you know, that Jesus is all about the heavens, uh-huh. right? And the woo, you know, and the super wild stuff. And all of it, yeah. Yeah. all of it are caricatures that the religious spirit has gotten the church to buy into. And here's a brand and here's a brand and this is that and this is a twist. But they are not who he really is. They're not what he's really like. and and Okay, so two quick stories um, before this podcast is over because I have to help this make sense. Um, back in February, some of you will remember that we did a boot camp in Hawaii. Um, this wasn't the vacation boot camp. Um, we actually went on behalf of the local Hawaiian guys who um, – have a very difficult time frankly with white guys and um, are a pretty downtrodden and oppressed uh, people group and and yet who are great warriors. They're awesome men and, and they're meant mm. to be great warriors but yeah. um, domestic violence, alcoholism, they've just lost hearts so deeply because they were given a religious Jesus. Mm-hmm. They weren't given mm-hmm. true Jesus. They were given a very religious Jesus and a very white Jesus. And, So we took the boot camp to them and it ended up being huge, huge, huge. I mean it was just this – it was a massive battle and it was a massive breakthrough. It was huge. Okay, So every morning at these events, um, our team gathers at 6 in the morning for prayer and we have got to pray. We've got Mm -hmm. to pray through the day. We've got to pray for breakthrough. We've got to put on our own armor and get dialed into Christ, submit our lives to him. This time of prayer is not perfunctory. It's real and it's, you know, essential. And so we happened to be staying in this two-story bungalow. And so we would meet upstairs. And I didn't notice it until this morning that we were meeting in the upper room. It was this kind of little meeting area. And we were all sort of crammed in there, uh, the men's team um, from Ransom Heart. And we were praying. And uh, I looked up and I saw Jesus. He was with us. He was standing in the room. He was leaning up against the door. Um, leaning against the door already kind of had this sort of relaxed, kind of casual, um, intimate, um, I'm here with you. I love what you're doing. I'm part of this. You're mine. Posture. But he also just had this really beautiful smile on his face like, well done, guys. Well done. And then I noticed that he was dressed in armor, Um, not metal armor but more like a a leather – you know, kind of uh, Scottish, brave braveheartish kind of armor, had a sword on and it was clear that Jesus was ready for battle, that he was getting ready. And uh, we're praying and I'm seeing this and, and uh, Jesus kind of reaches down and he gives his belt that's kind of holding on his breastplate and his sword. He kind of gives it this one last sort of snug and then he's gone and i could tell the direction he was headed he was headed into the camp mm. and and there was just this sense mm. of right lord mm. you, this is yours you are fighting for these men you are going before us um but there was so much of the richness of his personality mm. in mm. that who he really is mm. um both friend but warrior um both playful Um, but also um, fiercely intentional. Mm -hmm. I mean just – there was just so much goodness to it. Second story. Um, Our son Samuel graduated from college in May and as part of his graduation present, we gave him a trip to go to Europe Um, and part of the context of that was Blaine was already doing summer school in Europe. Um, He was studying uh, over in the U.K., and so um, Samuel was going to go over and meet his brother and when Blaine was done with school and the two of them were going to tour around the UK together. And So that was our gift to Sam. Here's your ticket to the UK. And um, well, then kind of the momentum of things and three brothers, Luke somehow got caught up in the trip, trip <laughs> plans and I ended up paying for a third ticket uh, to get Luke over there with them. So, OK, so the three brothers are going off to Europe. Now, you've got to understand what this does to a parent. Um, you know, I'm a little – Unnerved by this, uh, my sons are great guys, but they're also you know they're high level targets of the enemy, mm-hmm. and the three of them unleashed without parental supervision yeah. on Europe, yeah. right and they 've got backpacks and very little plans, and they are just going you know so i'm wigging out, and stacy's wigging out, and uh, it's the night before they're leaving and and uh, we've gathered for prayer and and uh, I really need to see God. I need to see Jesus. I need to see, hear from him, a verse, a scripture, a picture, a word, something, you know. So we're praying for the guys and we're consecrating the trip and praying for God to protect them and lead them and guide them and that sort of thing. And I look up. I swear to you, Jesus is standing there. Mm. Um, But this time he doesn't have armor on, doesn't have the leather breastplate, the sword at his side. Um, Jesus is holding a suitcase and he has um, shorts on. Um, he's wearing sandals with socks, which is a hysterical uh, fashion statement that no human being ought to make. Um, He's got shorts with socks on. He's wearing sandals. He has a very loud shirt on. He's holding one of those old hard suitcases, the kind that, you know, like your parents used to yeah. travel with, with the stickers all yeah. over it, yeah. right? Paris, sure. Madrid kind of thing, you know. And he's got this big smile on his face. Is Jesus the tourist? <sighs> and, and he's wearing sunglasses. And in this, in this moment, there's just this beautiful reassurance to mom and dad of, I'm with them. I'm going with them. I'm ready for this. This is going to be a ball. And in a moment, in a single picture, in a single encounter, all the fear was disarmed. Uh All of the assurance of Christ was back. And here's the real test of these things. Describing these two encounters with Jesus might be a little new for some of our listeners. But Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruit. You just immediately test the fruit.  … Of any encounter with supposedly Jesus, so the fruit of an encounter of the doctrinal Nazi Jesus is fear and guilt and religious oppression, Shame, pressure. Okay, bingo! Yeah. You, immediately, you know that's not Jesus. Yeah. Just look at the fruit of it. Yeah. You know, the fruit of the super postmodern laid-back health food store Jesus is, you know, no real strong convictions, no stand for right and wrong. You know, uh, kind of a laissez faire approach to spirituality, all roads lead to Rome. Well, that ain't mm-hmm. Jesus either. You, just, right. you shall know them by the fruits. The immediate fruit of this particular moment was absolute peace and assurance. It was like, mm. okay, right, 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 right. You are such a character. Of course you're ready. Of course you're going with them. Thank you for reminding me of that in such a playful way. <sighs> I, I wanted to show those stories because that's kind of what Beautiful Outlaw does. It's it's a book about the personality of Jesus through the Gospels, just taking the Gospel stories and going, whoa, let's take a second look at this. Yes. What really happened at Cana? You know, what was really going on in that conversation with the woman at the well? Whoa, look what he does with his resurrection morning. How does he spend his time? What's that story about? And And you're going to encounter – the most awesome, wonderful Mm. person in the world Mm. who has a real personality and there is nothing religious about it. Mm.
1: Jonah, I want to hear more about writing the book. Let's continue this conversation. But we're going to end this podcast here and just thank you. I mean, can you hear the passion, the excitement? Can you hear...
0: You're going to love it! Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing!
1: Jesus in shorts uh, with socks (laughs) and a... uh, Samsonite Pag thank you for joining us for more on Ransomed Heart go to our website ransomedheart.com and in about two weeks we'll be starting a series of John actually reading excerpts from the book and you're going to enjoy that. but let's first talk about more about you writing the book this next podcast that'd be great